Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Today we hear from Fire Monkeys Rup Lettinen, Via Films Anders Tangen, Film Lance International's Hannah Palmquist, and Saga Films Kjartan Tortor Darsen about how leading Nordic drama producers are navigating the region's shifting scripted landscape as part of C21's Content Nordics On Demand. C21's Content Nordics On Demand wrapped last week, a virtual event exploring the TV production, broadcast, streaming and distribution sectors across the region through a series of one-on-one interviews, panel discussions and programme premieres. Drama producers from across the region discussed how they're navigating the current scripted landscape, including the growing influence of streamers increasingly upending traditional distribution models and how they're retaining control of their projects in this new era. Firemonkey co-founder Rup Lettinen, Via Film Chief Executive Anders Tangen, Film Lance International Chief Executive Hannah Palmquist and Saga Film Nordic Chief Executive Kjartan Tortordarsen spoke to Michael Picard. So welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us for this producer session as part of uh, Content Nordics On Demand. Um, let's start with you, Kjartan. It's been it's been a crazy year for everyone. How would you say uh, things are with you now uh, at Saga Film, considering you're, you've got one foot in Iceland and, and one foot in, in the sort of the rest of Scandinavia as well? How, how are things for you at the moment? Well, uh, strangely enough, uh, this past year has been a very busy year for Saga Film. Uh, we had just prior to the pandemic finance two uh, series that we then shot during the pandemic. So Iceland was not that uh, hard hit uh, with COVID. So we we managed to keep our plans to basically shoot those two series. Uh, one uh, we have already delivered uh, over Easter, which is called Sisterhood. And then the second season of Stella Blomqvist, we are in uh, final post on that to be uh, aired in the fall. So I guess uh, the pandemic didn't hit us on the production side, but I would say the pandemic has maybe hit us on future projects. You know, the, the slowness of decision-making in the business as a whole has... Uh, affected kind of like the pace, I would say. And where is that decision-making being held up? Is that the broadcasters side of things? Is it getting scripts into development and and things at your end maybe more than the broadcasters? Or or where are those holdups? No, I, you know, I, I guess the holdups are definitely not on the development side. We have been developing a lot of different things. I think it's more the money in the business has gone into salvaging production rather than uh, putting uh, money into new productions. I think there has just been really a holdup in the industry for uh, this past year. So, you know, we can see that on, on many uh, levels, actually. Media funding, for example, there was a pause for uh, half a year in that. So uh, I just think the avenues of funding has have changed a little bit uh, during the last, yeah, let's say last 12 months. Yeah, okay, great. I'm sure we'll, we'll come back to uh, the money question, but uh, let's, let's just introduce everyone else. <laughs> uh, Anders, I mean, how are things with you? Do you recognize some of the issues that, that Carton's uh, sort of mentioned there or what, what's sort of uh, top of your mind at the moment? No, I, I agree with Charton, you know, I mean, uh, I always try when you, you have sort of like a, a crisis in, you know, not for the business, but in the society, I think it's always try to turn it around and say, okay, what can we be in the future? I think that's discussion we should have more of, you know, can we 
change something? Can we be something different? What, you know, new opportunity to do different things? I think we are, particularly in Norway, I mean, I can only speak for Norway. We have been one of the businesses that's really still being running, you know. And I, uh, if you compare it to a lot of other uh, things going on in the, in the, in the community, because uh, I think the film business is used to, you know, have a crisis all the time. You know, we, we, we always go through something over or, you know, around. So, but, but the good thing is that I mostly had a post-production for Norseman and that's fine. And that we also had more time to development. And I think, uh, and the Norwegian Film Institute has been giving us uh, a lot more money without the network. And for some of my bigger projects, I'm using a year rather than three months, you know, to do it properly. And I think that's really, really good, you know. So I'm positive. I mean, one day this will go over and, uh, you know, so we'll see. It's great to have some positivity <laughs> at the moment. Uh, <laughs> let's see how long it lasts. Uh, Rupa, how, how are things with you at, at FireMonkey? We had, uh, uh, you know, you, you've had a launch recently of, of a show called Bad Apples, which looks really interesting for Elisa Vide. Tell us a bit about how your year's been and, and where are you now? Yeah, well, for us, you know, we've been we've been very lucky, uh, but also we've been trying to kind of plan it very carefully. So I think when the pandemic hit us, you know, in, in March, I would say mid-March last year, uh, we made a quite a quick decision that we need to postpone the production of bad apples for a bit and see how it, how it evolves. And then we also like started to develop heavily and, and, and started to write new scripts and do that. So we were... You know, last year was actually really, really okay for us. You know, first of all, we managed to do a quite a lot of new development deals and, and now we are writing those series in the full seasons. And then we were eventually, we were able to make, to shoot Bad Apples during the summer and, 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 and early, early fall in Estonia when, when, when the cases were also like minimal over there. So, you know, and the series turned out great and, you know, we launched it last week. And so, you know, that was all fine. And and then we basically spent most of the winter, start, you know, waiting to start up a new production. And actually we started a new production last week, which, which basically meant that we kind of, you know, we were a little bit risk averse and, 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 and you know, try to not to do too much during the winter, the winter months uh, because of the pandemic. So, um, you know, right now, it, I think, you know, Obviously, it's a it's a different world in a such sense that you don't see the customers face to face that often. Uh, I still think that the Finnish market is probably the most you know the more robust as it ever been. You know, there's a lot of commissions at least for us. You know, it, it looks re- very very healthy. But you know, coming from what Chartan said, I I think and I can I can fully agree and also with Anders said that I can fully agree that some things are slower, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to international financing and and try to you know set up meetings and kind of get the final. No, kind of just closing the deals is takes more time and, and and that is sometimes a challenge. But we've been we've been very lucky with everything that we have now. Okay, great. And and let's bring Hannah in as well. Hannah uh, from Filmart yeah. in, in Sweden and formerly of HBO Nordic. So you've not been in your new job uh, for too long. I mean, what has it been like for you? Coming back into the sort of production side, and and what are some of the challenges you're you're dealing with at the moment? No, I I mean, picking a, a time ever to to <laughs> to take a new job in production in another country than where you 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 live. I think I I really picked the most exciting time of all in in that sense. So uh, I think uh, with that in mind, then uh, uh, I can echo quite a few of the things being said already in terms of how things are a bit slower now uh, in regards to financing and. And I also think that probably, I mean, the fact that some projects has been on hold uh, and then ha- 
has restarted and scriptwriters and others have still worked on these projects for a longer time. Of course, has also kept them occupied on projects over a longer span of time that, than what they would have, which also means that talent has been, at least to our experience, a bit harder to, um, to get to. But having said that, then um, Sweden has been one of the most open countries. And while the pandemic hit uh, last year around this time, Filmlands was producing back and, and later we produced uh, other shows and, and feature films uh, throughout the year. And uh, 2020 for Filmlands was an all-time high year, uh, which of course is, is also almost a paradox. But we uh, delivered uh, Califat, as you probably know, Top Dog, Big, Sandham, Bear Town by HBO, and a feature film called Uyo Run that won three of the claimed Gulbacher Awards, Best Film, Best uh, Script, and Best uh, Male Actor. So, I mean, we have our hands uh, up high <laughs> in regards to that uh, for 2020. And now we are in more of a development phase with a number of new projects. At the same time, right now, having in production both new big films and also new Sandham episodes to come. Mm -hmm. And we have a couple of feature films also in, in post-production. And one thing I want to mention this about what you said, Anders, that when a crisis uh, at this capacity strikes, then what is the benefit that hopefully also can come out of it and we, as you maybe also know, have a we have a post-production department and they have kind of transformed uh, over this pandemic from being, you know, uh, work more or less being done here on the premise in Frihamnen uh, to now it's possible to do the job uh, from at home, from various places. So if something else should ever strike, then we are much more fit for that post-production wise. Yeah. If you've, if you've achieved all that in a pandemic, I mean, 2021 is going to be amazing for you. So... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe we'll, uh, you know, maybe 2022 rather. Maybe, yes. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah, let's not uh, count our chicken too yeah. soon. Um, and I mean, you know, I guess one of one of the biggest issues around the world, not just in the Nordics, but um, in the industry is kind of the, the, the arrival of all these streaming platforms coming into the industry and uh, what that's doing to the market. And, and perhaps with your experience of, of coming from one of those platforms, I mean, how how do you see the landscape in the Nordics, particularly at the moment, considering, you know, these new rivals to the traditional broadcasters and, and how things are moving online? How is that changing uh, the way you're doing business and developing new projects? No, I would say from a Filmland's perspective, we are, uh, of course, extremely open to do business with all platforms and, and broadcasting partners. It's very important for us to work in the traditional model and with uh, the partners we have worked with for many years, uh, SVT, of course, TV4, uh, very important for us. And then, you know, it's it's, it's it's great to see that there are other opportunities as well uh, that also maybe have a bit of a different skew in profile. Netflix is now, as, as we all know, uh, coming in, uh, having their office out of their Nordic office out of Stockholm. That would probably uh, mean uh, quite a difference. I think HBO is changing their profile uh, now where HBO Europe will be HBO Max in a, in a little while. Amazon seems to be coming in, Disney with their star brand as well. But I think what is also very important to mention is, of course, the very strong local streamers, Seymour and, uh, and Viaplay, and how they are kind of boosting their need for content, which, of course, is, is very interesting and exciting. Yeah, how are you navigating this, Kjartan? Well, you know, I think, obviously, the, the traditional model will still be very relevant for 
you know, everyone in, the, in this uh, panel, I guess, you know, these are the traditional buyers for us. And we are used to having to fund our, our series with multiple partners around the world. But the new new players that are coming in are, are doing business differently. They are fully financing. They want all rights usually. So uh, I guess we just have to adapt to, to that kind of model. I think it it's definitely changing what kind of content is being made. And I think that's great for everybody. You know, they take a little bit more risk than the traditional buyers, I would, I would say. Uh, and yeah, you know, I, I think there are quite exciting times ahead for this business you know, when when you dump five new buyers into a, a business that maybe has 10 before, you kind of like uh, are, are growing the opportunities for companies like ours uh, to excel and do more interesting things, I would say. You know, I think that's uh, that's the most exciting thing I see in, in this whole development. I mean, Anders, how do you weigh up the creative opportunities that a streamer might offer you compared to you know, the fact that you probably wouldn't own that series, you'd get a nice fee and, and you know, you'd walk away at the end of the uh, end of the production, but you, you don't have that sort of tail at the end of where you can, you know, keep those, you know, control of that show. How do you weigh up those, those balances? I mean, I'm really positive. I mean, it's more TV channels who's coming in and it, it's, it's more places to sell your content. I mean, to be in a drama business, it's not simple, you know, it's not easy because it's where you, you in the feature film can sort of make your own content for real. I mean, it depends what the networks want. You can have a great story, a great script, uh, you know, cast, whatever, but it's not necessary. They, they want that at the time you are coming to them with it. But I think having more networks like this, this is nothing new. This we, we are new this for many, many years. And I, I want us to look back and see like maybe we could more Nordic go through to together and, and try to make a strategy with it, you know, all the production company and the networks together, you know. But I, I'm so positive that network uh, Netflix and HBO, especially the last couple of years is coming in and, and because it's also changing the way of the other platforms look at the content creativity, like you're saying, you know, and, and finally I can go to my public broadcasters and maybe make a science fiction movie or even like Easton and uh, did know my friend uh, you know did exit you know you can never make this series before you know and I think uh, that is really positive you know and and but you know they all have their models you know Netflix has One Direction and HBO another one and and public broadcasters has another and, and I think it's more it's, it's you know some project that take to NRK you know public broadcaster others that take to Netflix or HBO, you know, it's, it's, it's different. So I think it's really positive, you know, and uh, and uh, and I, 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 this is a little personal, but I also like the way Americans make businesses. It's, 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 you have to sharpen up your, your strategy, you know, and the way you are presenting things and, and the business itself, you know, and, and they are much faster sometimes, you know. So no, I'm, I'm really positive. And uh, let's see, I what's my political statement? What do Europe do with it? Because it's, are we still dubbing things or are, are the public broadcasters coming together, you know, and make a difference, you know? Because it's so easy all the time to, to be positive or critics to, 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 to new people coming into the business, but it's not. They're always been there. It's just they move their businesses from America into our territory. And, and uh, I, I think it can only be positive coming out of this. Yeah, Rupert, how, how do you feel? I mean, it's as, as Anders was saying there, there's a big clash, isn't there, between the American business model and how things have been done in Europe. So do you have to be much more agile as a producer to kind of work with these different buyers? Well, in a way, yes. But I know 
I think we all have been in this business so long with all my colleagues in the panel that, you know, we've been in a place for a long time where you basically have two or three local buyers for big drama series and, and that's it. And and so, you know, I, I think, you know, we can all agree that, you know, after, well, at least, you know, I, I, I've been a huge believer in market economy for my whole life. So, you know, if there's more buyers in the market, I think it's, it's, it can't be nothing else than a healthy thing. And then, you know, then people can make their own choices, you know, producer can make their own choices for how to adapt their business model to the streaming business models it's like under said they have you know plenty of them it's not like one mm-hmm. one model for each each big international streamer i think obviously it's in an ideal world there still there still will be you know strong you know regional buyers like like the you know nordic nordic streamers and also local local players local public broadcasters local like we have elisa Viide who has been really really essential in in finland of buying high concepts which is something that has, has also made the kind of traditional players raise their bets and, and, and make their run harder. And also, I think, you know, for a project like White Wall, which we did for SVT and YLE last year, which is all finalized that last year, which is a, a kind of a grounded sci-fi. So I think that is also an example that probably wouldn't have happened if, if there hasn't been the new kind of players putting out new kind of shows because it's it's not really not a traditional SVT or Wiley show. So no, I think it's 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 healthy, you know. But you know, like I said, you know, I think I, I think the creative point of view is is the most important thing. You know, it, it creates much more possibilities to develop different kind of shows and also develop more high concept shows, more niche shows, more genre shows than we had had in the local markets, which still are quite small, even Sweden in, in the world stage. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. But it's interesting to see also how and now Pew is not here representing. Denmark, so I can just mention it as an example, but this about how both local uh, streamers but also uh, local broadcasters have uh, upped uh, their volume. Uh, for instance, uh, recently TV2 Denmark uh, announced that they want to have one local uh, drama show a month, meaning 12 a year, which is quite a lot from where they were, I don't know, five or eight years ago, whenever, but uh, you know, where it was maybe three or four. So it's as if as as often is, it's like a snowball effect that things are, you know, it's not just that the streamers have come in, other things in our industry locally has really changed for the positive. And you can see that in Norway also, you know, I mean, the, the private broadcasters, they, they have to use more money to drama them. And also it's really positive, it's like Netflix, they they actually creating new young talents out there in Norway. And I think that's exciting, you know. So, yeah. I think it's just exciting times, actually. And like, and then, yeah, and and also for us producers, we are all different. You know, somebody has big owners and some are independent. But the good thing is more that you have an alternative to go really fast into production. If you go to Netflix or HBO, they can totally finance you and, and you can right away make the content you want to make now and and it's content where maybe two three years from now it's all the story you know because it's taking so much time to to finance you know so it's good to have uh, different alternatives yeah it's, it's definitely a clash between uh, sort of methods isn't it? i think hannah when we spoke before the panel you were talking a bit about with the traditional broadcasters they're having much more longer development period maybe more focused on particular projects but they're developing things over a longer period of time is that how do you see that, you know, compared to when Netflix greenlights something and you're you're away in, in a matter of months? 
you know, I'm not an, an old timer in Sweden in regards to how has SVT or TV4 worked before. So I, I, I don't want, I can't really comment on that other than I have heard many times Anna Kornemann mention how uh, their way of working and, 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 and way of developing uh, has to move faster and, and I'm sure does move faster. And it also depends on the project. So this is not a, a criticism, but, you know, some projects also at my time at HBO, they took a longer time for various reasons. And uh, I think that was also related to the fact that for HBO, you know, the level of quality is very important uh, as it is for, for all of us. But uh, spending longer time in the development phase is also something that speaks to that brand. So long development uh, periods has definitely also happened there for various reasons. And I, I mean, it's maybe interesting to see and uh, if it has made a change that, uh, that there are more clients or buyers out there when a green light is, is being taken. Do you have any comments to that? Is it still the same at around the same time? Or do you feel that some of, of your buyers have become faster in when in regards to what material is needed before a green light or an LOC is, is given compared to earlier? I, I haven't seen that at all, actually. But I, I may be in the, in the smallest market that uh, hasn't really changed that much. We, we still have three buyers locally for drama content. Now Wireplay has been added to that local buyer. So there are now four, but it hasn't really pushed uh, the broadcasters to, to do this faster. I haven't really seen that, but maybe it will happen when the, the bigger players will start to commission. Actually, many of the, the projects that are finally made in Iceland have been in the system for five, six years. You know, it's mm. very common that we take a very long time uh, until we get the green light uh, for financing. So hopefully that will change. Yes, <laughs> but I haven't seen it yet. But I think we will see a little more change in the business in maybe Scandinavia, where the channels taking, it's all about what talent you're coming with than before, maybe, you know, I mean, who do you have that, you know, who is your director? I don't say it was not that before, but I mean, if you see at some of the streaming platforms, it's, it's, it's some directors, they always wanted to have a close connection to, you know, maybe some producers or writers or, you know, I think that again, more the American model, you know, the old system where you, you have the talent in-house you know and uh, and i think the challenges for us producers is, is you know if, if you want to have the, the first look model that the american society lives on you know so uh, i think we'll see more of that you know and that could be positive or negative yeah yeah sorry no, and this is more a question. Do you find that, uh, you know, looking at original uh, new content uh, compared to known IPs, do you have any experience in, in is that kind of the same uh, balance uh, in who wants what? Or, or do you see a tendency going towards one yeah, I think, the I think the, 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 the positive things, I mean, you're talking about ownership. I For me, like I, I, uh, we, like I said in the beginning about feature film and and. and um, TV series is my boss business model after so many years doing drama. It's more being in production. You know, the business is being in production, having uh, not many, but, but you know, uh, rather than, you know, earning a lot of money afters, you know. And so we still want to own the content we're doing, but but I think it's faster the income, you know, the the, the overhead from the, the new streaming platforms, you get it right away, you know. And that's also positive, you know. And because of that, you give away a future money, you know. But 
No, I was more thinking yeah. thinking content wise. If if you in in your various countries see that bigger IPs are more in demand or original uh, quirky shows, uh, or of course it's probably a mix. Uh, it was more if there was a tendency going one way or the other. Um, What's your experience of, of that, Hannah? Are you, are you finding it going one way or the other? Uh, yeah, I was thinking about it actually when I posed the question. <laughs> no, uh, no, I, I mean of course we have some long running uh, shows. Um, that definitely are still in high demand because there is really an audience out there for Bic and for the Sandham murders, uh, which is wonderful to see, of course. And I think it's also showing that these uh, strong brands have kept up, that there is something, a modernity that we have succeeded in implementing in those uh, IPs. But they are really, I mean, they are strong mm -hmm. shows in themselves, but also a strong engine, of course, for a bigger company like uh, Filmance. No, I was more thinking of uh, maybe some of the, I, I think I was thinking Young Valander at one point. There was just, it just seemed as if there were many, uh, Snapper Cash, you know, there were many of older, older IPs that were kind of rejuvenated uh, or whatever, however you say it. But I agree with you on that. Yeah, sorry. I was just saying that I, I think it's you no, know, it, it's really dependent on the buyer who who wants what, and, mm. and some buyers are obviously some platforms, some streamers, especially are more marketing driven. So it's very important for them, especially when they are launching new projects, that they have those IP that they can they can market from. And it's also deep, it's, I think it says a big difference between countries. You know, FireMonkey and 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 my my productions have been normally all developed in house, and we have all always came, came with the original IP. And there's multiple reasons for that, but one is that you know it's sometimes much more easier to come up with your own ideas than try to try to adapt the book because you know the books are books and TV series are TV series. And at the same time, I also think that Sweden is quite different from Finland or Norway or even Denmark or Iceland that you have such a long, you know, there is so much IP coming from international crime book brands and series mm. and authors mm. that the other countries kind of lack that, you know, we don't have such amount of huge, you know, you know international big names on, on crime. And and when you have, you know, and there's come, there's new ones keep coming up like Jens Lapidus. So it's, it's easier to build from that and, 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 and take those IPs to you know Netflix or to whoever uh, but that, is it positive or negative I, I, I don't know I think I think the market is is so uh, expanding so rapidly that I, I'm sure that there will be room for both yeah and it was not is positive or negative it was more if you saw a tendency one way or the other really um, but I, mean, I, I can see what you mean and, and, and Sweden has this long tradition uh, also uh, on adapting yeah, I think, I, and, and a number of other genres obviously yeah. but uh, but much more than I mean, for instance Denmark I I think in Finland it basically goes that way that you know some of the new streaming platforms are more eager, even the local ones are more eager to also have a few book IPs or some other IPs coming on because of the marketing reason. Not all, but some, and then more like the traditional buyers like Wiley as a public broadcaster. They have a tendency not to go that way. They want to support original ideas and, and, and original writers, and I think that's also quite healthy thing to do. Yeah. And then if we just sort of turn our attention outside of Scandinavia into the, the international market. Okay, I mean, Carlton, you said at the start that you know money is a bit tighter these days. So how is that affecting your international plans? Has, has the pandemic kind of put international co-productions on pause? Do you think, are you, or are you still able to to build these projects with a view to you know getting them into production? You know, in, in a year or two, how are you managing that at the moment, Carlton? Do you want to go first? 
Yeah, well, I think short term there has been a hiccup in the in the international kind of like financing of of series. Uh, I think there are a couple of reasons for it. I think money is scarce a little bit, <laughs> so they're spending money on saving the project they're already you know in. Uh, and then there was a tendency, or you know, over the last uh, year or so, uh, where broadcasters would look inwards and spend their money in inside the country, not traveling, not doing these co-productions that need multiple shooting locations. So I, I've seen that kind of money shrink and by choice by these broadcasters basically saying, you know, we are we are spending our money differently. This year, our co-production money has been cut. So I, I've heard these kind of things from the traditional buyers that I, I talk to regularly. That will give uh, actually uh, the new streamers air under under their wings because uh, we need to be in business. We need to uh, fund our series. So we are looking to these new players coming in and maybe picking up projects that, you know, traditional models are, are not kind of like ready right now to do. But I think this will come back very fast again. So I think it's a very temporary uh, situation that just was created uh, during the pandemic. As soon as the the world kind of like starts to feel safe about traveling and uh, producing between countries, I think that money will come back very fast again. That's good news. Anders, how, how are your international plans outside of Norway? I mean, like it's always been. I mean, I'm just now I'm working with some remakes my older shows in 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 US and let's go forward you know they're all having their vaccine and but it's been really productive pitching without going there you know and uh, <laughs> and uh, no i think like shortan is saying I, i'm when we all have the vaccine we are back in the business we will run to you know Serismania and can and whatever we goes you know i and uh, hungry for more content than ever, you know. And maybe people saved some money also, you know, they want to spend, you know. And uh, so, uh, yeah, temporarily. But, I mean, we need to be international, you know. That, that's the reason the Americans' networks is coming to the Nordics also. The, the positive is because we have strong stories in, in Scandinavia, you know. And, uh, and I think we are in the lead in the world. Also because of we, we don't have a culture or religion or whatever holding us to sort of, you know, a group. We are really, we are what we are, you know, and, and we, we are making all kind of stories. And I think that is more, let's say, sexy for the world, you know, if you can use that word. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's like, yeah, but look look at the, like uh, Home for Christmas that we made for, for uh, I don't know. I mean, it's really, we had so much in that series that we maybe couldn't have in another country, you know. So so I think for back to the international way of doing things, I think uh, Scandinavia, it's a place where they are Okay. And also, like Johanna saying, Netflix is opening an office in in, uh, in, in Stockholm. I mean, HBO, your uh, former employee, they are opening an office in, in Norway now and in Denmark. And I think that's really positive, you know, w with people you know. I think that's, that's you know, they're planning to make more series here. So, yeah. Rupert, what are your uh, international ambitions with, with Fire Monkey? 
I think they are very much the same as my colleagues in this panel. You know, we are we are discussing with multiple project, projects right now, and I, 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 there's not a lot to add from what what the rest of the rest of my colleagues said. I, I, I also think that there has been a lot of things that have been postponed and put a little bit on hold, and let's talk about this for a while, and let's see how the world turns, and let's save some money from this year's budget and put it to the next year. And I, I, I am quite confident that the world and our business will run like mad when the fall comes. And I, I'm, I'm already tired when I think about Nipcom in, the, in October, you know, because I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be very exciting and very, very, very busy. Yeah. And, and, and Hannah, I mean, Film Lance, it's, it's in the title, Film Lance International. And, and obviously uh, yeah. you're, forgetting you're, you're part of Banerjee now, the expanded Banerjee group. So how, how do you work internationally and, and how much of that is in-house, in-group and how much are you looking to, you know, work with partners, you know, outside of the group? Yeah. No, as as, as you maybe know, it's quite recent that uh, uh, Benny J uh, bought Endemol, the Endemol Shine Group and uh, it's important to say that we are absolutely free to work with whomever we want uh, inside the Benny J Group or outside the Benny J Group all over the world. But uh, having said that, then of course, it's also exciting to be part of such a strong group and over the coming time, getting to know people, colleague uh, companies uh, even more uh, and potentially collaborating cross borders with them. I'm looking very forward to that because I think, I mean, storytelling does cross borders and uh, people are nomads. Uh, a lot of people are. So I think, um, you know, I was late on a plane today. Uh, so, <laughs> and I'm one of many that in the normal days would, you know, travel all over work here and there, have friends and uh, family from various parts of the world. And I think we have a better opportunity, even better opportunity now, also working within Banijay on expanding uh, in that way. And I think, I mean, diversity is really also a word that is a big buzz, maybe not a buzzword, but an important word for, for many, both broadcasters and streamers. And uh, I think um, making the world more diverse and, and, and smaller in a sense uh, is an opportunity that we have even more so now. Um, so that is a, that's definitely an ambition. You know, we have a strong collaboration with uh, ZDF on many of our titles. Uh, it's a great collaboration we have with them and, and that's of course something we hope to continue having and, and, and also expanding even more into both the Nordics. I think we could collaborate more in the Nordics uh, actually than what we do. Uh, we are quite good at it but sometimes we are maybe so close to one another that we kind of forget that we could also collaborate mm -hmm. and maybe it's partly to do with also that since there are some bigger local either broadcasting systems like Norvision where uh, sometimes all rights are kind of then taken then we think less of it but I mean and I'm not saying now we should all do the bridge once again but I think still that the bridge was you know a good example of a very authentic way of doing a, a, a story embracing two countries at the same time and it, it all sounds very positive so I mean just before we run out of time i just wanted to ask everyone you know what it what is maybe one of the things you're looking forward to over the next 12 months or or maybe what is the change that you think the industry needs to kind of go forward hannah let's let's start with you and oh. come back to everyone yeah no but i'm looking forward to uh, two feature film releases actually because uh, <laughs> 
uh, Filmlands has done feature films throughout the years, but but lesser uh, recently, as as many of us, I'm sure. And we have a, a real uh, theatrical release here in the late summer, a feature film called Eva and Adam. Uh, and we have our first collaboration uh, with Netflix, also a feature film, uh, Winter Weekend, that is coming out here in 2021. So I'm looking very forward to that. And I think the fact that there are more interests, it seems, uh, for feature films. Also, I don't know if you saw yesterday, Viaplay had a, Anna Jensen had a longer interview at Nordisk Film and TV Fund's newsletter about their feature film uh, ambitions. I think that's that's interesting. And then I'm just, you know, looking forward to to really meeting all my new <laughs> wonderful colleagues and teams uh, in the office. I'm looking forward to traveling back and forth between not just Denmark and Sweden uh, without having to do the COVID-19 test every time I come to the airport. Uh, and just that the whole thing will open up and we will have a new normal. I think also important that we don't go back to maybe an old normal, but that we use this opportunity of crisis to, to keep thinking differently from what we maybe did before. And of course, also what's worth keeping of how we worked before. Rupert, what, what does the new normal look like for you? What would you like to to make sure that we change or or don't go back to? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'm, I I don't know. I, I think you know there's there's a lot of things that you know will change, but I think also think that you know we all appreciate more than ever the way that you can do business also when you meet people face to face. I think that's it's not to be underestimated, and I I maybe it is so that it's not important to travel to new market or festival every month to meet the same people you know monthly or something like that but at the same time i also think that it's it it puts much more you know value to the physical meetings that we will soon have and i and i really look forward to do that and also travel the world and see my see my customers and, and my partners and colleagues in in person but i also think that you know even though it's obvious I, I still think that it's it's good to point out that I, I think that this pandemic has also meant the kind of a you know, supercharged uh, fast forward to streaming in drama business, which is also think that, you know, will will have a big effect in the Nordic market also, because the Nordic Nordics have been always been very much, you know, on the front row of the streaming, you know, you know, just next to America. Uh, so I also think that that is something that the traditional players will look at much more, you know, the players that still have a linear uh, channels and put their dramas in the linear channels. Also, I, I think for them also their own VOD offering, being it, you know, public broadcaster or being it the commercial channel, I think that that also has a lot has a big effect and and you know just just like you know it's it's i think everybody knows that you know that has been happening people are watching more streaming series than ever and 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 also the older people you know the people you know like you know all, all our countries when you know our grandparents have been locked inside the house you know all of a sudden they all start to you know subscribe streaming platforms which they never did in the past so i think that's obvious great great anders what what's uh, next for you perhaps i'm really looking forward to you know slowly open again and, and seeing friends and colleagues and, and seeing each other again, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. and make more uh, dramas. You know? And I also like Hanna said, uh, it's also positive that Viaplay and some of these streaming platforms also start making a lot of uh, feature films. It's, mm-hmm. it's saved the uh, sort of the feature films. And, uh, so we are opening, actually, we have more projects now uh, into feature film. You know, I'm coming from feature, but now we're going a little bit back and trying to do more of them also, you know, and combining cinema with, you know, I think the cinema, they will really have a lot of people there the next year when we open again. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> and and Kjartan, I guess the last word goes to you. What, what's uh what does new normal look like for you? <laughs> 
Well, I'm obviously looking forward to meeting everybody in person. Uh, I think that's a big part of our business is to to do that. Uh, I I particularly look forward to bringing the projects we've been developing to the market that nobody's heard about. You know, I think that's uh, that's uh, always a, an exciting time where you can pitch new things and and yeah, I look forward to speaking to the to the new buyers to understand the needs. Uh, and uh, yeah, have a have a glass of wine uh, with friends at markets is probably the thing that I look most forward to. Rube Lehtinen, Anders Tangen, Hannah Palmquist, and Kjartan Tortordarsen speaking with Michael Picard as part of C21's Content Nordics on Demand. Video versions of all the sessions are available on c21media.net if you're a pro subscriber, and there'll be more from the event in the podcast tomorrow. But in the meantime, stay safe and up to date with all the latest international TV industry news and views by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Thanks for listening.